Welcome to Be A Pro Podcast. My guy, I have a special guest, special guest this week. My boy, Malcolm Jenkins, three-time, three-time Pro Bowl, the two-time Super Bowl champ. Right now, he have 961 tackles, 12 and a half sacks, 104 PBUs, 19 picks, 19 forced fumbles, uh, 12 recovered fumbles, nine defense, I mean, seven defensive touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. Welcome, my boy. What up, Pop? How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I'm going to tell you one thing, right? One, 104 PBUs. You know what that says to me? That you can't, can't catch. catch. <laughs> You're right. God damn. It's something I just come to accept it at this point. I'm like, hey. <laughs> It's either, I'm gonna knock it down if I catch it, then hey, all praises. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, let me, but let me ask you this, right? Just say what number, right? How many picks would you have right now, right? And when you count all those PBUs, how many picks would you have right now, realistically? That, that, you know, like one you of those, like you said, 19 right now, you had 19 picks right now. I, I should probably be at. Over 12 years, I should be at 30. I was gonna say that. Yeah. I Easy. think about the time like, man, I'm like, if I caught if I'd have caught half of the ones I dropped. Just half. I'm like, I'd be a good Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, it'd be, Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be easy, easy Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh yeah, you get your jacket. <laughs> but we still grinding. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, y'all, y'all in the second round now. So, uh, how y'all preparing for Tom Brady? You know, the the one thing about it, bro, is you know, them division games. I tell people all the time, you could be two and fourteen, the other team can be undefeated. That division game, it does not matter because y'all know each other and play each other hard. But in this case, it's a playoff game, y'all third game that y'all gonna play in. So, what's the approach? What's the mindset? Because it's hard to win three times in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to win, beat a team twice in a season, but but let alone, you know, trying to beat them three three times. But I think that the good thing that for us is we feel like we match up well um, with this team. Obviously, we know them a lot. Uh, they've got a ton of weapons, and, and we've obviously had those battles this year. But you've seen them get better as the season progressed. So they're not going to be the same team that we saw uh, a few weeks back in the in the season. But but for me. One of the things that I was after our previous game, uh, the first playoff game, you know, I watched the tape afterwards, man, and I was, I was encouraged at how our line played because we played split safety defense all day, and it wasn't many runs, you know, coming through. I'm, I had a clean game, wasn't making many tackles. Yeah, and I'm like, and that's always us, a good thing. That's a huge thing, especially when you look at a team who's got all of the weapons at receiver and tight end and quarterback. Looking at Tampa Bay, our D line is really going to be the key. To what we can do you know can we stop the run uh with just the guys up front can we can we dedicate more resources to the coverage and, and that's what the success that we've had in the past is when our d-line has showed up and so yep. we're gonna need them need them more than ever if we want to be brave three times yeah no doubt and right now you got three picks i think yeah you tied on the team but three picks was uh somebody i forget who it was but um yeah that d-line if that d-line show up y'all y'all pretty hard to beat and that's right. You could have had a pick six to the house. You almost got caught from behind, bro. I, I back in the day, back yeah, the in the old, day, the old me. <laughs> that's to the crib. Me. 
Yeah, yeah that's to the crib. Back then, that's to the crib. And yeah, then uh, PJ came up with a strip strip fumble. One thing I could say is that you always around the ball, bro. That's how you, you can't make plays if you ain't around it. Man, you find a way to get there. But man, turnovers, you know, you know, and and it's when you get to the to the playoffs, man. The games are won in the trenches and in the turnover takeaway battle. You know, who can who can get extra possessions and who can dominate the line of scrimmage usually wins these games. And so yeah. you know. We 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 are going to be hunting, you know, for the football in any way that we I already can. know. I already know it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but one thing about like I want to talk about you being a first round pick. You was a first round pick in 09, right? A lot of people don't think like first round picks really go through things, like the adversity mm-hmm. part or of, of playing the game. And explain like because you came in as a corner. You know, then it moved you to safety, and it was like I think it was it was three corners in front of you. It was who it was uh it was Tracy yeah, uh, Porter, Tracy Jabari Porter, Greer, Jabari Greer, and uh, Randall Randall Gay. Randall Gay in front yeah. of you, and you was a first round pick. You finally started playing. The next year, they draft another first rounder, P. Rob. Yeah, and now it's like, okay, what are we gonna do with Malcolm? What are we gonna do? Then they moved you to safety, right? Uh, and then a couple years later, you draft with Carl, like. Explain that whole your whole mindset being a first round pick and that adversity that you had to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot. It's obviously a lot of pressure, right? You know, yeah. Uh, not only do you want to live up to you know who you think you are as a player, you want to make a name in this league, um, but you you know when when a team drafts you with their first pick, you know it's it's a lot of pressure for you to perform and and not be a bust in X Y Z. And for me, I got into camp late, and like you said, it was Randall Gay at the slot who's a, a veteran, played with the Patriots for a long time, you know, yep. very, very savvy in the slot. Jabari Greer, who was a veteran at the time, was very technique-oriented, was being really, really productive that year. And then Tracy Porter was a young guy uh, at the time, I think he's in his fourth year, uh, who was also playing well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I found myself on special teams for the first six weeks of the season um, and trying not to, you know, let that get to me, but I was still making plays on special teams. I think I had like three turn takeaways on special teams in that six weeks. But Same I'm bar. looking, I'm looking at uh, um, uh, who's the other corner that got drafted with me uh, that year? Uh, Vontae Davis. Who was it? Vontae. Va- oh, Vontae. Yeah. Oh, in, in Miami. He was in he Miami. Was in Miami. Yep. And he okay. was he was starting. He's making plays. I'm like, I'm looking at uh, Darius Butler. I think was in my class. He's making plays. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there and playing special teams as a first round corner. Uh, and that, that was a little bit tough. And then, like you said, the next year, um, uh, Darren Sharper was starting the year on PUP. So it was like, hey, we want you to – they drafted a, a corner in Patrick Robertson. Like, we want you to move to safety. And I was playing the nickel in the safety. And, you know, I was going to do whatever I had to do to get on the field. But I actually felt like that nickel position was where my home was. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt like that's where I really learned, like, how to apply my skill set to the game. And then – you know, and was learning safety kind of as I, as I went. I really didn't know how to play safety. The angles were different. The eyes and yeah, the yeah, all that all that stuff was different. But um, the, I did it did help me though figure out how to apply my skills like to the game, being in that different spot. Because that yeah. that corner life, yeah, I don't I don't know if I was built long term to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing you did get out of it, you got that Super Bowl out of it. Yeah, yeah. You got that Super Bowl out of it now, and, and that was dope. I uh, and and 
that's one thing I wanted and I was chasing for a long time. And, and I and that's really a drug for real, for real. You know, like once you get your money, you get it, you know, you take care of your family, everything's set. Now it's like, oh, I need that ring. Yeah. I want to hoist that trophy. But fortunately, I didn't get to do it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's it, you know, you it's like the money and everything is cool, you earn it, but I think what most with most guys, the real like players of this game want to lead like they, we want to be remembered right and the only way you do that is when they etching your name into to a statue or you know they hang you your, your banners from the stadium you know those are the things that i think you know players want to be able to do and there's nothing like you know a super bowl they can't take that away from you they you ain't did nothing i was the best <laughs> in the world you know on the best team in the world so um you know i've, had, I've been fortunate to do it two times now i'm just you know we got a real good opportunity this year to do it a third. And, you know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful. Because like you said, you got people like yourself been in the league a long time and, and, and never been blessed with that. So I'm, I'm never. definitely aware of that for sure. So you talking about legacy, right? And like, you know, that means a lot, like hoisting that trophy, getting that ring. You know what I mean? But how much do the young guys understand that? Because you're the, you're the triple OG now. Yeah, right. You know, you're the OG on the squad. So every... How do they take it? Because as I was getting older, the the, the generation kind of shift, and, mm -hmm. and the mindset it wasn't the trophy, and but but I get it. Social media it it, it changes. I get it. Yeah. So how do you keep them in tune, and how do you let them know, like, hey, this is real. This is important. Like, how do you do that? Well, the good thing is on this team, you know, I came into the, the situation where I, now I'm back on the Saints and they've been knocking on the door of a Super Bowl for the last True. few years. Yeah. So I, I came into a, a situation where a lot of the young players have like that drive that you see from the veterans who've been chasing it for years because they, unlike me, who came in my rookie year and won it right off the gate. And I'm just thinking this is normal. And then it wasn't another nine Nine years till I got back to the Super Bowl. Until you got back. <laughs> Word. So, like, yeah. you know, so when you have a lot of success in this league, sometimes coming out of college, you think that it's just routine, and then you really don't realize not only not only being on good teams that can compete for Super Bowls, but being in good locker rooms and locker good organ organizations. I think that's the thing that a lot of young players don't understand sometimes how good they have it until they go somewhere else. Until they go somewhere and then you realize like, oh nah, like, you know, it to be in a good organization and to be competing time in and time out, like while we all want to win, it's like consistently you also want to be in, in those good organizations. So it's hard for a young player to really to really, you know, understand that until they've tasted something else. Yeah, uh, but but I think we've got a mature group though, who's they who've been locked in on winning because they've been so close. No doubt. So how how do Malcolm Jenkins prepare for a game? Not uh, you could do do pre COVID because I know right now it's kind of it's kind of skewed right now because yeah. of you know what's going on. So you mean how, like how the whole week? Yeah, I mean, get the people what they want, man. Right. We, we, and we, and you might want to put these in there too, because we, we want to, we want some gear, bro. Oh yeah, we see that's the, that's the end of, that's the end of the week. That's the, oh, last the end of the week. Cherry, that's the cherry on top. Now, okay, that let, me, let me get out of there. Then. Let me get out of there. Then. 
<laughs> but you know, uh, Mondays after the game, usually, uh, hopefully it's a victory Monday. Uh, I go get a lift in. That's like my heavy lift day. Do some squats, uh, do the treatment, um, and just usually usually kick back Tuesday. Take the day off to just do things that I like. Be around my kids. You know, read. You know, price some little hobbies or whatever. And then Wednesday, you know, you back at it. I usually I'm at the facility from seven to usually seven from Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, like in the day with a massage. Uh, and then Saturday or so. And then so all Friday night and, and Saturday, I just changed. I, I, by that time, I've watched all the film, done all the preparation. It's really just about like playing the game in my mind. So Absolutely. I'll go through through all these old games, you know, that they play that aren't in the cut ups and I'll just. You know, by that time, I know what the D coordinator is doing, and I'm just getting the feel for the game. Because in a game, you know, once I get, you get the, the call sheet, too. Nothing. Yeah, you look yeah. at the call sheet. Hey, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this is a true OG right here. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell he's in tune with the game and knowing what's up. Because I, I do the same thing. I got to get that that call sheet. What are you thinking on third down? What are you thinking on second down? First and ten. So when that when that first and ten or third and four come on, you know it's only three calls. All right, give me them yep. three. Nah. Yep. And you know the hey, spot. True bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know I play that game. So when I get to the, by the time I get to Sunday, man, it's it's like clockwork. I'm just feeling the stuff at that point. But you know the the finishing touch though was was you teed up earlier. You know the, Ooh, the game the, the game on, they fit. Oh, <laughs> don't hurt them, man. Come on. <laughs> Hey, so where? Hey, is this your company? They sponsor you? How does that work? No, nah, so that, so it's my company, uh, Demar Seville. I started it a few years ago, three years I think, um, ago in Philly. We got a brick and mortar. Uh, just went through a, a location change. Um, we get ready to open a, a new spot, a new location uh, mm -hmm. here shortly. But yeah, it's my company, man. I design all of the all of the suits. Uh, so all of the stuff you see me wear, I design. Uh, it's been it's been a really cool company. We. Dress a lot of guys in the league and uh, NBA players. Do a lot of runway stuff, but it's a uh, custom clothier. Damari is my middle name, and then Seville is at the Savile Row out in London, where all of the, the bespoke suits are. The rich get richer, huh? <laughs> I got give me one of them suits. I didn't. I, I didn't even know. I was reading up on. I gotta get. I gotta get me one of those. I gotta yeah. get look dapper. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it makes you look. It, it makes you look young. Oh, you know, hey, at least get some pounds off you for sure. <laughs> we can send somebody out to you, though. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, You're definitely a player activist. You're an activist. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, Um, and and I never told this story. So I always I regret. Right. And I wish I would have talked to you sooner. Because the time where everybody was taking a knee was like 2012, 2013, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 14, that, something like yeah, 13, 14. Yeah. 14. yeah. Actually, no, it was uh 16. It was 16. It was, 16? It was yeah. that late? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was so the around the time it started, right? And I was all on board. And I'm like, and I was one of the ones I'm always in the meetings. I was on the group text that we all when we was texting, mm -hmm. we was talking and everything, but I never kneeled. Mm -hmm. And and I was in a position, and I and I think about it a lot because I don't know if I had to to show that where my heart really was, but I was still with the team, with the players, and with everybody. But I felt like 
everybody that kneeled and everybody that that put it in quotes disrespect the flag, so they say, mm-hmm. and they were gone. They didn't get a job the next year. They they didn't get picked back up. It's a lot of players that I know off the top of my head that kneeled and 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 stood for that along with Kaepernick, still can't get a job. And I saw what you was doing, right? And you put the fist up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of black and brown people, we know what that means. And tell me, tell me, tell the people where that came from, because like, I I wish I'd have talked to you earlier. And because I saw it, I saw it kind of late. Then I'm like, man, what is he doing? Because I I was thinking everybody going to do the same. Remember, you was on the uh, chat. We was going to lock arms. We're going to take a knee. We're going to put a fist up. It was it was all over the place. No one yeah. knew what they wanted to do. But when I saw you doing what you're doing and you continued to do that, like, could you explain that that mindset in which you was thinking? Yeah, I think, like you say, you know, we use on a chat. We're trying to organize, you know, 2,000 players across the league <laughs> with yeah. 30, 32 different teams. You know, everybody's got opinions on what, you know, what should happen, what shouldn't. You kind of already have what, what Kaepernick was doing, but guys were trying to figure out how to assist that and, or how to participate, you know, in a way that, you know, was comfortable for them. And I think this yeah. man and in, in all of the different narratives and the different types of protests, I'm like, what's something that, you know, is un like nobody will misunderstand that has been done before that like visually you'll see and know exactly what it is that we're talking about and the image of Tommy uh, or Tommy Smith and John Carlos in the Olympics with their fist up. Like I grew up with that, 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 that image. And, and so I'm like, I want to use that because when people see it, like you said, black people, not only just black people, everybody kind of knows, okay, why you are taking that position, why you're in that posture. Um, And then, so that narrative can't be changed to, you know, a flag or or about the anthem or anything like that. And, and that was the biggest thing that I think God was trying to do was just avoid that narrative getting hijacked, uh, which was, you know, uh, that was that was a daunting, daunting task at the time. Yeah, no doubt. And much respect for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles. Let's talk about the Eagles a little bit, because mm-hmm. uh, you, you endorse Deuce. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Before I knew you did that, in my mind, I was thinking Deuce. And I was thinking him because, like, I think over there he has the most longevity from playing, and he was a coach since what 2011, 13. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Yeah, and he was coaching. He just moved up, moved up every year. He he had three different um, head coaches. Mm-hmm. He had uh, Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. um, the coach now that just Del, got fired, Dale Pe- Peterson. Dale yeah. Peterson, give him a shot. We. And, and right now, it was like six jobs open. I think four or five GM jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping at least half of them will be for black and brown because we have qualified black and brown people. Yeah, that's that's the that's the bigger thing is that there's some really bright minds right now that are that are hitting the market and are open. Like I play for one right now, and Aaron Glenn. Um, who I think can be a head coach in this league, and hopefully he gets an opportunity for that. Like uh, Deuce Staley, somebody who's been there, especially in, in the Eagles organization, played for that city, has been on the coaching staff. And, like, when you talk about somebody who, like, is the embodiment of that team and a coach, it's yeah. him. 
and he's been the assistant head coach. So, you know, it while he doesn't have, I don't know about, you know, his ideas of a play caller, but as a leader of men, like, he's the guy that I think can stand in front of that room and organize the team. And obviously you equipped him with a really good play caller, but uh, uh, also Bianami up in, in Kansas City is another guy Absolutely. who's no doubt. well way beyond, you know, his time to, to move up to being a, a head coach. So hopefully we'll see this offseason, you know, um, some of those doors opening up to more black coaches because it's not been a thing where we haven't had the qualified bodies of mind to do it. It's just the opportunities haven't been there. Um, and, you know, even, I know we've been pushing for it. And I think it's important that players, like, talk about those things more, that we yeah. gas up. Yeah, know, be comfortable talking. Yeah, yeah, word. That, that be comfortable be doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, and even GMs, when we talk about GMs, I, uh, I could throw names out like Jimmy Ray. You know, he's with the Detroit. He uh, Champ Kelly, he's over at um, Chicago. Both of them are highly qualified you know and and we shouldn't be afraid to, to say that or tell people that no i i think he's a great coach yeah because you know what other way is going to get out there you know other than yeah. they hiring somebody going to look and just rate candidates i don't know how they do that but whatever well then the, the, the also two media plays a big part in this right true like when, when people don't know much about you then the media the media will they'll paint whatever picture they want. So, you know, for the candidates that they think are great, they'll talk about how bright their minds are and how they're, you know, such good leaders. But if they don't know much about you, then it's going to be all about, you know, you don't have experience in this, you don't have experience in that. But we've seen even coaches like Doug Peterson and other people, you know, get those shots um, yeah. and, ha and, and get those opportunities. So, you know, it's important for players to be able to paint the narrative like, no, like Aaron Glenn is – like as even as a 12 year veteran coming in and playing if I think I played for six different deep coordinators no every coverage in there has made me better and taught me things in the game and that's hard to do with a vet like you know from a player or old guy like you yeah right and I'm like so <laughs> I'm like if he can if he can coach me uh he can stand in front of any team in his league and, and there's a few guys who I think and, and Deuce being another one of those guys so like I said man for me I think it's time for players to be start to 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 sing the praises of the coaches that that you know make them the players that they are, um, because it, these opportunities like they deserve and they're well qualified and I think will make teams better um, if you know that trend begins. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Totally agree with you. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins Foundation. Mm -hmm. I love it, bro. I, I love everything that you you're doing. You know, I told you anytime you need me, I'm I'm there. Yeah. Um, you had a Christmas giveaway. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and you did it. Uh, talk about talk about that a little bit. Talk about your foundation, um, who's the support, and and the things you're doing in the uh, community. Yeah, so we, man, we do so much work. Uh, this was actually uh, a decade. This was our 10 year anniversary. And, oh wow. Um, Congrats, and, brother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Yes, know, you've, been, you've been supporting over the years. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. You know, we said so we had all these grand plans of what we wanted to do this year, and COVID had, you know, some some other they plans. Had other plans. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like everybody else, we had to, you know, pivot. And and one of the things that uh, what became really important was just people's ability to get food, food insecurity. Uh, in in the you know midst of a global pandemic, and one of our programs does just exactly that. Um, and what we did was we started a 
you know, a five or four challenge where we wanted to feed 504 families every month. Um, I think we started back in September-ish um, throughout the year. And, and we've been able to do that through partners and, and sponsors. That's been great. Um, we moved our annual fundraiser that we normally do where we get to see people and, you know, be around and see all our sponsors and friends and volunteers. But we moved that on, online and did uh, like a little gaming night. So had a little virtual blackjack and some uh, cocktails. You've sent everybody kind of like uh, some mixologist packages uh, at home so they could mix up their drinks at home. Uh, but it was, a, it was a good time, man. We had former players uh, come on and join people. So you're sitting there playing blackjack with Tequila Spice and, and oh, Chris Long, cool. you know, Warg Dunn, uh, uh, Eddie George, a bunch of guys came on. So, um, you know, we've had to pivot, man, but we've still kept up the work, still are, are doing things to really – um, impact the community, and, and but we want to meet people where the needs are. And right now, food insecurity is a huge thing. The digital divide, uh, making sure that as schools go back now to uh, a virtual experience that we don't forget about the communities that don't have access to internet, you know, devices yep. and all of those things. Um, and then moving some of those curriculums and all of those resources uh, to a virtual space. I think that's what COVID has taught us is that sometimes like we can reach and do more in this virtual, you know, space. So bringing more curriculum uh, to folks that want to take a different career path other than, you know, four-year universities. How do we get, you know, these online training uh, yep. curriculums, you know, so that people can go out and make a living for themselves? That's what's up. Hey, again, bro, anytime you need my help, anytime you need me, I'm there. I got you. I got yeah. you, bro. I appreciate you hey. for that. Hey, three-time three Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Two-time Super Bowl champ, right? Yeah. You made second team All Pro, I think, 2010, 2010. Yeah. Second team All Pro. What's next? You ain't retiring yet. You got to ride. <laughs> you got to hold it down. But what's, what's next in the future? Yeah. After after five more years of ball. Oh man. So so right now I'm really into just like this creative space, man. Like one thing I think, you know, as football players, we get stuck in this bubble where there's muscles that we have that we don't get to really use. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times, you know, creativity is, is something that like, that I, that I have in me that I really just started tapping into over the last few years. And uh, I started my production company, uh, Listen Up Media, uh, about a little over a year ago. And we've got a project out now on uh, Peacock called Black Boys. That was my first, um, project I was an executive producer on, um, and that's already on a streaming platform. And uh, we're working on creating a couple more docs and, and movies. So I really want to get into that film space and really dive into into my production company. Uh, Demari Seville is obviously the fashion space that I'm into. Um, and we just started uh, a venture capital fund um, with that we're doing with um, uh, Black athletes and entertainers around the country um, called Broad Street Ventures. We're doing tech investments uh, in, in partnership with uh, Rashawn Williams on, on his, his lead, who's really uh, been, a, been a pioneer when it comes to creating uh, spaces for African-American investors yeah. in kind of that, that, that venture capital space. So, man, you know, I, I kind of got my hand in, in, in a lot of different things, man, really trying to explore who I am outside of this sport so that when yeah. I am, when it comes time to do that transition, that you know, that I'm not out here feeling lost. And then obviously, I, you know, I, I love to talk about the game. So 
broadcasting and, and, and being in the booth and, and commentating all those things uh, are also an interest. All right, no doubt. I like it. Can you tell me what was the best advice that you received? And no, yeah, what was the best advice you received? Um, I think the best, the best advice, and it was a, it was a hard lesson, but it was played out to be true. Sean Payton came into a meeting. I remember my rookie year, and he's just like, understand which the faster you understand your role on a team, like the longer you'll be, like longer you'll stay, and the more you know, and the better, more productive you be. Not everybody's coming on a team to be a star player. I remember he told a guy, you know, he told a guy uh, who didn't play well on special teams, like, you think you're here to be a running back? He's like, you just go to their meetings. Like, you're here to play special teams. <laughs> and so if you're, not on, if you're not doing well on special teams, you're not going to be on this team. Got and it's done. like, and, and I've had to learn, you know, you got to learn that lesson in, in life in general. Like, whatever situation you're in, you got to figure out what is your role for the team. It might not be the one that you want, but what is it right now? And understand that that's where your purpose is for the team. And then you can grow kind of out of that, that space. And then the more you can do, the longer you stay in. Or you can do. <laughs> and so like, you know, people ask me like, you know, playing all these different positions. I'm like, it also makes me kind of indispensable. Yeah, very mm -hmm. valuable. You know, like it, it makes it hard to get rid of me because I do so many different things. Uh, and so I try to tell, you know, young players as much as as much as they can, I'm like, don't paint yourself into, oh, I just play corner, I just yeah. play safety. I'm like, yeah. man, because you can be the next, we got a guy, PJ Williams right now. Yeah, PJ. And I didn't see him midweek have to go from playing safety to going to corner to going the to nickel, nickel like <laughs> in, a, in a game playing all three. Uh, and it's just like, but he's going to make the team every year. Every year, <laughs> just because every year, just because uh, of that. Yeah, and that, that takes a lot of humility. That takes some dedication. That takes some grit, man. It's only it's, it's a special player to, to be able to do that. So, yeah. I think that was the best advice I got. Like, understand your role, man, and 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 really, the more you can do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so I'm gonna end this by this. This is this is what I do to end, to end the end the show a little bit. I don't want to hold you up. I know you want to. You got a lot of things to do. Yeah. So, so I ended like you play for two different teams, but mm -hmm. well, two of the same teams, but you know, two yeah. two different teams. Well, two different teams. And I play a game where I say you create your team. So if I say uh, name your DBs, right? You'd be like you're gonna name your Super Bowl champ championship team, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say name your super name your DBs, you would say. 2012 DBs. If I say name your linebackers, you say uh, 2019 linebackers. And it could be from Eagles. Mm -hmm. It could be or from the Saints. First stint or second stint with the Saints. You got it? Yeah. That's all right. You don't got to name the players. It, it, really it really ain't going to It's going to be hard to do. It's gonna be, it'll be harder to do it. It's going to be easy to do it with a year. It's going to be this year. This is the best defense I've been on. Like top really? to top to bottom, yeah. As a, I mean, as a group, I never, I never, I've never had. And this is, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but you know, you got uh, Lattimore, who's, you know, to me, like, absolutely. Like when I can't wait till he gets his his due and he's considered, you know, the best in his league. I think he's on his way there. 
Uh, Jack Rabbit has been a veteran in this league, can run with anybody <laughs> quick, can make plays on the ball. Yep, um, and yep. so to have those two where I'm like, I don't have to worry about man. You don't got to worry. I'm, I'm not leaning no way, that, you know. <laughs> that is a safety's dream. <laughs> man, I'm not, I've never had that. And so I'm like. So That's if you're playing safety because you're playing nickel. I'm playing everything. I'm playing everything. Yo, man. But it's Respect like, you know, that. that's that's a big thing. And so to me, from a secondary standpoint, the one I'm on is, is the best one I've, I've had, although I've been on some really productive ones, especially my first year when I, Darren Sharper, Roman Harper, Jabari Greer, all them dudes, was mm. they, they were racking it up. But I think this year, for sure, um, the linebackers, Demario Davis, uh, to me, when him and Quan Alexander were in the lineup, that was – probably the most dynamic uh, backers I've been been with since my rookie year with. What year was this? This is this, this year. So, this is your team. All right, so, so when I say DBs, it's 2019 DBs. Mm -hmm. Linebackers. Linebackers, 2019. Yeah. Okay, when I say D-line, y'all dogs this year. It's, a, it's yeah, I, it's a, but it's a, I would say I, it's a, yeah, it's, it's this year for sure. With a close second. We're close second being at the 2017 D-line with Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon oh, okay. Graham. You had uh, Chris Long, a bunch of dudes out there, Derek Barnett. Yeah, like, they, they, they were some dogs too. But this year, man, you got Trey Henderson, who's second, finished second in the league with Sags, Cam Jordan, like Malcolm Brown in the middle, Ayamada, they, they, they eat him. And I see it every day. Tell the people how easy it is to play defensive back when you have them dogs up front. Yeah, Let so, the people know. Yeah, so I'm, and you know, I, I like to keep it real, whatever I can. As a, I don't like playing deep because it's too far to me. I don't like those long like collisions <laughs> where you see it from 15 yards out and y'all both running full speed yeah. and it's just like I'm, I, I'm like I don't yeah. like that as a safety. So wow. I'm like. Or, or when you open up like the Red Sea. Yeah. And, just, yeah. <laughs> and if you play cover two or any space safety, that happens a lot of the time versus run. That that yeah. back comes unabated straight to you, and you got to make an open field tackle. And then they're not the guys who like to make you miss, then they're going to run you over. And I, ain't, I don't like that. So I'm aggressive <laughs> in split safety. But this is the first year I'm like playing split safety all day and won't have a tackle. And it's like blowing my mind. And so. Yeah. To be to not have like those things, to not worry about that, and now I can focus completely on okay, where's the quarterback looking? What's the route combination? What's you know, you can make so many more plays on the ball. You got more resources to in the back end, and that's and that's been a direct correlation to why our secondary plays the way it does, and it's productive production that we've had the ability to limit big plays. Like that all starts really up front, and they can stop the run, especially in the light box. Man, it's the sky's the limit to what you can do on defense. Yeah, word. All right, so we're gonna go to the offense side of the ball now. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> offensive line. What offensive line would you want to play with in your Super Bowl dream team? Um, um, I think the year we won the Super Bowl, I think the Eagles had like the top. They were like them and Dallas had the top like offensive lines in the, oh, in the okay. league. And I know, I know the Saints have some really good offensive lines too. I mean, this year, what AK is doing and what, how we've been running the ball has been great. But I would say this 2017 offensive line. 17, right? Yeah. Okay. We're running back. 
Uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, AK. And All right. Uh, receivers, receiving core. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a hard one. Um, nah, that ain't that hard. Eagles ain't had be. no receivers. Nah, so I'm going between the old school Mike. Saints and the new school Saints. Oh, okay. So right now you got you know you got Mike, you got Nate Sanders, you got Cook at tight end. Um, we had we had. Marcus Colston, Jimmy Graham, Lance Moore, Beverly Henderson. Henderson was fast too. Yeah. Rolling, rolling. And uh Meacham was was uh Meacham, rolling Meacham too on the other fast side. Too. Meacham was fast too. He went and, to Tennessee, right? Right. When and you know, Jimmy Graham was in, in, in them them days, he was in his heyday. Like yeah. uh I like they, that. They're group. very similar, man. I like that group too, though. That, that 2011 offense that we had was unbelievable. That that year, I would say that 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 group. Yeah. Yeah. We we should have won a Super Bowl that year, but we ran into the 49ers. Now, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, and your quarterback, obviously, you'll take Drew. Yeah, Drew Brees. I'm like, would I shock everybody if I was like, I'm going with Nick Foles? Yeah, you, you, you would. You would shock the world right now. That would, <laughs> yeah, that would, that would, be, that would just be dumb. Yeah, yeah. Drew Brees. Give me the Hall of Famer. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Be a pro. Appreciate you having me. Yep. Hey, no doubt. Like I said, anytime you need me, I'm there. And one thing I can say about you, you was always consistent. Throughout your whole career, you was consistent. Always running to the ball, making plays. And that, that was you. So salute to you, bro. I'll keep it up, brother. Appreciate you. No doubt. Respect. All right. Be safe. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Be A Pro Podcast. I want to also thank Malcolm Jenkins. Um, he is the ultimate pro. You know, uh, just watching him play. He goes hard every play. He plays different positions. And like I, like I told him, like, I got nothing but respect for him because – the adversity that he went through as a first-round pick, you know, it's, it's pressure, you know. Bounced around. Then he finally found his niche, and then he started to grind and do his thing. And now he just flourished in every defense he's been in, played every position that he's been in. And every time you see 2-7, just understand, 2-7 going to be around that ball. And that's nothing but respect. So thank you for tuning in to Be A Pro Podcast. This Pops 2-9. I'm out.